1: Hey, welcome back. We have had a huge, huge increase in uh, podcast lessons since we started our um, series on the phases of the real estate, what are we calling it, real estate reset, reset. and now the, yes, yeah, right, in 14 ways of recession-proofing your business and your life, a huge increase in people downloading, which tells me that we were absolutely spot on. That Here's the thing. You guys must have already been feeling it and thinking it. And we were just basically telling you or giving you some suggestions how to respond to it, which is exactly what should have happened back in '06 and '07 on a broad scale when the wheels started coming off the wagon. I remember, and this this happened. If we go all the way back, there was another little, you know, there was a tech crash, whatever happened right around the, you know, 2000 99 to 2000, And, and I remember when we were selling real estate. There was another recession, actually, when Julie and I first started getting into real estate. We're at the tail end of a recession, so we've been through arguably three of these, but really there was another minor one. Anyway, every single time, I always waited for some proclamation to come out from some you know, president of realtors or some you know, know-it-all. Somebody was going to tell me exactly the exact same information we just told you guys. It never happened. We have never seen anybody in real estate who was ever willing to basically get ahead of their skis a little bit. And tell agents what was going to happen, how to prepare for it, all the things that we've been intentionally doing, so as we go back and our you know we've been married for twenty seven years, we started selling real estate when we were in our early twenties, we go all the way back, you know there has never been a time when there was a slowdown where there was clear direction on what you should be doing with your business or your personal life. And I remember the first time it happened, I didn't really think of it. And, but the second time when it happened, when the tech thing happened, I was literally waiting for like an email from somebody that was you know, going to essentially uh, think about something other than their own business themselves and try to think about the betterment of the real estate community, all the fellow agents, and frankly, business owners too. But it never happened because what happens is that when there's a slowdown, and there's adjustment in the marketplace. And you guys, look, here's, I've been paying attention There's all these real estate events that go on every year in July and August. There's like probably 10 of them. And you can go online and you can see what their agenda is, what they're talking about. I did that. I I went to all the big ones. Say a big one would be where there's more than 2,000 agents there. And not one of them were talking about what we've been talking about. Not one of them were talking about the slowdown. Not one of them were talking about a recession. Not one of them were talking about why. So why is it that they don't want to share those ideas with you? Why is it that they don't want to – um, you know, tell you what we're telling you? Have you listeners ever thought about that? And the answer is really quite simple, having thought about this a long time myself. I think this is the answer. The answer is, is because it's two answers. The first one, I don't think is the truth, but just for the sake of throwing it out there. They either don't know, again, I don't think that's the truth. I think they know. And the second reason is is because they know, but they don't know what to do themselves and or they don't know how to prepare you for what to do. And they're fearful that if they tell you that this is going to happen, that it's going to adversely affect their sales. That's the, only answer, that's the only obvious answer for me. I can't think of any other reason why somebody who purports to be any kind of leader in the real estate community wouldn't be doing exactly what we're doing and trying to tell all of you guys, this is happening, this is what's going to happen next, and this is what you need to do now. Why isn't everybody else doing that? what the great brokers and office managers are doing it i know cuz i'm getting calls from them I'm, I'm scripting them i'm coaching them a little bit because there is going to be a natural overreaction from a lot of real estate agents and that's that part of the human you know that's part of being human some people are going to underestimate it and be skeptics and not pay attention other people are going to overreact and they're going to uh, you know basically it's going to be the sky is falling and then others a very small single digit minority are going to say okay thank you for the information now tell me how to proceed and i'll uh, proceed accordingly but when you have a you know a mass of agents and you have a business dependent on those agents being slow and steady as far as their you know emotions and you get them emotional they're probably that's probably going to have an adverse effect on your business right I mean, that's the perception that our real estate industry has always had, at least in the 30 years that Julie and I have been paying attention. Because, again, there's never been, not even a National Association of Realtors, who should be, and they still could, but they seem to definitely obfuscate their responsibility to this. They could be coming out, and they could be saying this is happening. They could be saying this is what agents should be doing to prepare Local boards of realtors should be doing the same thing. You know, California Association of Realtors, there's some great associations that we've worked with for a long time. They're starting to write these stories, so they're leading the way trying to protect their local agents. But even in their own articles, they don't really write anything that's real substantive. There's no value there to read it because there's no actionable information. It's just sort of like they're doing a story just so they can say they did a story opposed to doing a story that's really designed to help you guys. Again, because why? They don't want to say things that are going to cause people to to possibly panic or possibly create controversy. They're just trying to protect themselves. That's the conclusion I came to. So I want you to realize at the end of the day, and this is the hard truth. Nobody gives a shit about you. Nobody is going to protect you. Nobody is going to protect your money. Nobody is going to protect your cash flow. Nobody is going to make sure you know, your tax deductions are maximized and your stock market portfolio is – you know, nobody is going to do that stuff at, the, at anywhere near the level that you think they are, even the best people in the world, and you're ultimately going to have to take responsibility for at least having a thorough understanding of how all that stuff works. If you think you can just basically say, okay, well, you know, this all-seeing you know, real estate guru is going to take care of me, and if there was a shit show on the horizon, he would tell me, you are setting yourself up for failure that 's again that 's the pattern of behavior that I see a lot of people doing they don 't want to take full responsibilities for their own destinies, and so they they just don 't they just say, okay, you know what i 'm going to take my money every single month and i 'm going to put it into this particular you know stock market, whatever that some guy told me I should be investing in, and i 'm just going to do it without ever really paying attention or questioning it, not knowing what the fees are, not knowing basically what the cost you know lack of you know all these types of things. These are the things that people do. And as a result of that, it re, you know, they have no real sense of direction. They end up losing huge opportunities in life. They end up huge, losing huge opportunities. You know, look, let's just talk about the fees, for example, from a stock market portfolio that charges you 1% or 2 or 3% per year. If you have a stock market portfolio, let's say just hundred grand in it, and that stock market portfolio at an average year, let's say, appreciates increases in value by, say, 6%, that means that you have, whoa, 106. No, you don't. You only have 103 because the fees you paid out to that person that you just basically blindly trusted. The same is going to go for your accountant. The same is going to go a lot of times for any kind of professional advice that you get. What I'm trying to tell you is ultimately you have to do what you're doing now. You have to listen to people like us, that are going to tell you the truth, even when you don't want to hear it, you're going to have to have the business maturity um, to set aside your natural skepticism, many of you, and do your own homework on this and then act accordingly. Do not wait around for a press release from anybody to tell you that we're in a housing slowdown. Do not wait for anything officially to happen because they will always wait too long for the reasons that I've already stated. That's That's naturally how power behaves. It's always going to try under pressure to pull in and protect itself first. That's what it does. And that's what our industry does. And it's tragic because what happens at the end of the day is all these agents that don't know really how to strategically position themselves for a changing market, they're the ones that get basically screwed in a market like this. So that's the reason that I think many of you guys are tuning in, and listening to these shows, even though they're not exactly typical real estate podcast, you know, type things. I mean, what do we want? It leads and teams and branding, and how to get balance in your life, and why don't you have passion in your life, and you know, all this other silly crap. That's you guys. Oh hell yeah, I want that's that's fun. There's no work in talking about that stuff. There's no worry about what's gonna, how someone's gonna misinterpret or over, overreact in a negative way about talking about, you know, any of those silly, you know, seemingly never-ending topics. Guys get what I'm saying here? This is the heavy lifting part of being a business owner, and you have to be willing to do it. Otherwise, you won't last. Um, so, again, hats off to all of you, literally hundreds of thousands of you that are discovering us for the first time. Hats off to you and your willingness to take responsibility for your own life. Don't stop doing that. Don't just tribe up. Don't just basically cast your, your, your fate to some entity. You have to take responsibility for yourself and truly be independent in the way you think and most importantly, independent in the way you act. You might go and do your own homework and find out that you know, whatever it was that you were trusting for your information was rock solid. I've done that plenty of times. But it's the old Ronald Reagan saying, guys. It's really this kind of circles around. Trust but verify. So when you're going and get, you're going and try to seek out information, this is the reason when Julie and I present something to you, we always tell you the source. Because if you want to go back and verify it, if you want to go back and research it, you can. So then you can essentially become an expert at not just buying and selling necessarily, but also an expert on being an actual business person, which is truly what your function is, right? So Julie, does all this. Meandering and rambling yeah. makes sense. No, <laughs> it
2: absolutely does. You, no, I do feel that re-
1: responsibility. Well, yes,
2: <laughs> but I remember uh, even after 9/11. You know, you and I were kind of like, okay, so somebody's going to make an announcement about what to do now, and nobody ever did. We are waiting for Howard
1: Brent. We were waiting for Howard yeah, Britton to send out some big email. I remember I mean you and I were expecting some some Howard Britton type or somebody else to send out some email to the industry, saying like you know the usual thing, and then saying, "This is what you need to do, and this, we're all going to get through it together, and no, you know, that never has happened, and I was so disappointed I was so disappointed with all those you know leaders because they never led. They only basically were puppets, basically trying to sell their their whatever they were trying to sell. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm probably being too harsh. But the truth is they let us all down, and it's happening again, the same, you know, different people, same behavior, for the same exact reasons, I think. Julie, can you think of any other reason, honestly, why they wouldn't want to, well,
2: would, you know, you talked about this? <laughs> uh, I think probably two things. I think one is what you said. They don't necessarily know what to do, how to coach you know, how to get through it. And I I think there's some validity to that, especially, you know, we have to remember not everybody has been through it or maybe they've been through it, but not in the real estate space. So that's one thing. I think there may be an ego element to this, the fear of being wrong or too early, too soon, too dramatic, um, too honest. And you know, you and I put that aside because we feel the responsibility and accountability to our listeners to just call it straight. It's so funny when people think that somehow we want that to happen so we can have more coaching clients or so well, coaching will be more interesting in for us. I, I've yeah. heard that. There's a couple little bubblings of that. And I always remind people, you know, you think coaching is a challenge. Wait till it gets harder for all of you guys that are not acting quickly. Okay, It is more challenging because you're having to manage more it's harder to coach. We're coaching you guys to manage your own emotions so you can memo- so you can manage the emotions of your prospects and clients. So we're trying to get ahead of that for everyone's sake so you can have an easier time of it, help more people at a higher level, and realize the opportunity that's there when you're appreciated for your skill. So if we sound excited sometimes, that's what we're excited about is the opportunity well, arising saying, for you to help so many people. Go ahead.
1: But, guys, look, it's its literally a billion times harder to do what we do in a changing market and, and let alone a market that's – because you, it's not – you guys are normally an emotional lot for sure, but as soon as you add the changing market, and what happens is you're not equipped emotionally to deal with all the emotions that's going to come from your buyers and sellers and your fellow agents. So what happens is there's all these sort of like uh, people that are not experienced with dealing with all the raw emotions that comes from fear. And as coaches, we have to, we, we're not allowed to feel that. So we have to help you guys keep a level head and work through learning how to help other people manage their emotions. That's a lot more work than it's been for the past 12 years. Coaching agents yep. in a seller's market is easy compared to the market that we're going into for sure. In the past market, it was about relationships and centers of influence and past clients and proactive lead generation and you know, running a profitable business, all these fun sort of business 101 stuff. When we start meandering into this new market, we're going to have to do all of that. Plus, we're going to have to start helping you guys understand how to deal with negative equity and all these different little nuanced ways you have to get a house sold. How to get, you know, all the little nuance. The, the real challenge are all the different scripts that you have to learn, you know? Because all the different scenarios you're going to run into, the objections you heard from your buyers and sellers, you're going to get those, plus about 1,000% more. And the, a lot of the sellers, especially the sellers, those of you who have been mod- moderately successful listing agents in this past market because maybe you had um, a good cat and monkey show, maybe, you know, your listing presentation, they, they liked you, but most of you got listings because you got referrals, You and if you don't adapt to this new market, what you're going to find is these sellers, they're going to actually be way more selective on who they list with, way more picky, ask way better questions um, and, yeah, you would have gotten the listing in a boom market, but now you're not going to get the listing now because they're going to call in the agent that you never heard of before because that agent went in there with a professional presentation, told them the truth like we're telling you on this podcast. And the seller's reaction was, just like many of your, seller, your reactions are, why didn't anyone else tell me this? You know, Why didn't Bob and Sally tell me this when I had them out? I know Bob from church, and he didn't tell me all this. Well, shit, maybe Bob's dumb, and he just didn't know. Or maybe Bob knew, and he didn't tell me. Well, you, you know, mister, I've never heard of you before, agent, you did tell me, so I respect you for that, and so I'm going to list the house with you. Guys, that's what happens in a new market. That's what happens in a changing market. The generalist's approach to real estate, which is what many of you take, You guys are absolutely going to get, you know, it's going to be a washout for you. You're going to struggle. You're going to – the nature of your relationship with the real estate industry is going to go from most days moderately pleasant to moderately unpleasant very quickly. And then what you're going to see is the specialist is going to enter into the fray, and that's somebody who has taken the time or is taking the time to learn how to basically help people in a transitioning market. It's a different, it's a slightly different approach. It's like the showing emotion without being emotional. You know, you guys are going to have to learn a little bit of Doctor Phil stuff. You're going to have to learn how. The big thing bedside is from a personal perspective, yeah, your bedside manner, but all the things and how you say it is it's nuanced. You can't tell a seller, lower your price or you're overpriced. You can't get away with saying crap like that in a new market. You have to say things like, we have to reposition the house in the market so that we correctly reflect the market's expectations. You can't tell a seller they're overpriced. You have to say, the, the, Mr. Seller, this is the reason that in this particular market, the buyers, you guys see what I'm doing here? It's a different approach. And if you don't have that approach, they're not going to listen to you. That's just the cold, hard facts. We sold real estate in a market just like this. This is how we came up. We've coached real estate markets in a market, agents in a market like this, um, and so when I tell you that it's a different skill set, when I tell you it's a different approach to the business, it, I'm not BSing you. It is. It's 100% about really focusing all your best – and when, here it is. Focus all your best energies every day on being of service to other people and doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level – if you believe those things are true, which all of you should, then what the next natural step for you do is going to be to get really good at your skills so you can be of service to other people. And I know we have non-real estate people listening. I've gotten the emails. This exact logic applies to you. There's no exceptions. Because if you're running a nail salon or a hair place or a gym or an insurance type thing, if the truth is whatever you're selling, you're going to have to uh, change your approach to selling it because people are going to feel, in many markets, they're going to feel financial scarcity, and if you can't figure out how to sell around that scarcity, you're not going to sell. And you're going to say, well, all the scripts I used last year worked. The presentations I used last, re- last year worked, except now what you're not realizing is, you know, the lady listening who runs the nail salon, you're not going to have people that are going to have their nails done once a week. They're going to instead do it themselves or they're going to get Lee Clip on nails or whatever you <laughs> – I have no idea what women wear. But you Modern get the point, version. people will change. Yeah, but we didn't see I that. Back. I
2: remember, yeah, you yep. came home from uh, getting your haircut. I remember that. And uh, the your hair gal was saying how much her business had been affected for that very yep. reason. She said people are letting their hair grow longer. They're taking more time yep. in between haircuts. Said that. I mean, it does filter down to pretty much everything.
1: It's crazy. You know, I I had to change my
2: script, okay? I I forget exactly what it was. We're talking about uh, for the cost of what you're spending at Starbucks or something like that, okay? And I had a client say, well, I cut out Starbucks like six months ago, you know? Yep. It it affects everything. So – don't well, but, I mean, there are there are, stupid stupid stupid. Things, there
1: are some stupid There are some stupid easy things you can do. By the way, I mean you can you know, for example, cut Starbucks out. You can just basically uh, get Netflix. You know, <laughs> and no longer have to pay cable. A cable. You can't. You can do all these other things to reduce your monthly overhead. And maybe, Julie, we should come up with a little financial. If you guys want us to do a show on that, email us. Otherwise, we're not going to do it. It's Tim at TimandJulieHarris.com, and we'll give you like 20 ways to save money now. Um, and these are the same exact things we told our coaching clients 12 years ago, you know. But this, these are the types of things that you're going to have to work through. And when you have that buyer, this you're oh, if you don't, you know, this is a typical agent script, right? This is a script for most salespeople in a boom market. It doesn't matter what they're selling. If you don't buy it, you're trying to scarcity sell, basically, right? If you don't buy it, somebody else will buy it. Okay, in a new market. Where there's five of them on the lot or there's a lot of inventory, that ain't going to work. You can try to psychologically create scarcity, but the thing is your competition is going to be getting sales off price. So the scarcity thing, which is the only script, the only technique that most salespeople know how to sell shit, won't work in a market like we're entering into. Does this make sense? Listeners, are you hearing what we're saying? So what do you want to do? Do you want to wait? Until the market like noticeably changes, and you're like, oh shit, I should have listened to Tim and Julie a year, or eighteen months ago. Are you gonna get ahead of the curve? So when it starts to change, you can actually be the leader in you know in your market. That's it. Doesn't is this just common sense? Oh, hold on, Tim. Oh, ho! not happening here, brother. mm. You do not. I don't know what's going on in Texas, but here. Nope, we're rock solid. No, you're not. You just haven't gotten the MLS and looked to your numbers. And here's the sad part, too. You've been avoiding it. It's, you've been thinking of reasons not to go look because you don't want to verify what we're telling you is true because you don't have to deal with the ramifications of discovering that what we're telling you is true. What we're telling you is true. It's happening everywhere at differing levels, at differing rates, you know, all that. Guys, trust me. I'm Julie, we totally didn't get on our topic, but we sort of did. You uh, read an article this morning. And I haven't read it yet, mm-hmm. and it was on Seeking Alpha. Like I said, you, you, we've told you guys before, Julie and I go about as many sources for real estate information as we can, always avoiding the providers of real estate information. We will never trust anybody who's basically got a dog in the fight providing real estate information. So we go pretty much everywhere else, and we love to go to Wall Street because they'll do um, unemotional, uh, objective, generally speaking, Uh, stories about real estate and so you can get some interesting anecdotal information that say for example a report from a brokerage or you know won't necessarily report but Julie read two things this morning one was uh, from Seeking Alpha on home sales and the other was actually from Redfin on basically slowing buyer uh, markets can you talk about those two things off the top of your head
2: sure I just pulled up the Seeking Alpha one and the title was the last time the housing market did this was in 2007 here's the summary three quick points The housing market is seasonal. Prices tend to rise in the summer and drop during the winter. However, in certain markets, prices have been dropping when they should be at their strongest. Some of you guys are already seeing this. If interest rates continue to rise, the weakness in the West Coast housing markets will be glaringly obvious by the holidays. So it goes on to talk about uh, mortgage rates rising and particularly in the very expensive from Seattle to Portland to San Jose and down the coast where housing prices are so You know, crazy high to begin with, but the pressure of rising interest rates is already creating fewer mortgage applications. Those are dropping. Prices are starting to flatline. We're already seeing that. And this uh, Seeking Alpha article talks about. If next month goes like the last two months, that they are basically very clear that uh, that's the trend that's gonna continue into the fall towards the holidays. And they've got a lot of interesting analysis about that. They get very particular about uh, California being potentially very hard hit by this because 71% of California homeowners carry a mortgage. That's the highest percent in the nation. Um, And they have the most credit card debt, student loans, car loans, very indebted. So that plus the house price prices, and higher interest rates, just that. You don't have to have like, you know, a big subprime mortgage crisis to create this. And this is what we see as the antithesis to our, our argument about the changing market, is people will say, oh, well, it doesn't look exactly like it did in 2007. We don't have subprime mortgages. We don't have this and that. We, you don't have to have the exact same conditions to have a market shift. So that's the seeking alpha one. And... I can't
1: Yeah, you know, actually, one. Jill, you touched on some something. Head. I read some. Um, I read some real estate blockheads, you know, t- making stories about how it can't happen again for the same right. reasons. Yep, you're right. Won't happen again for the same reasons. It's happening again for different reasons. So yeah, that's um, important
2: because you, people want to hang their yeah, hat. on the fact that right. it's not. It doesn't look like that. It can't right. happen in my market because we don't right. have that going on.
1: If you, so, you guys I read any articles. If you guys read any articles where somebody's trying to argue that it can't happen again because of the changing mortgage regulations, because of the nature of mortgages, because the increased down payments and because the fact that the credit risks were or the credit ratings were, you know, required to be higher and all that. If you read any articles like that, that's a shill for the real estate industry and you guys need to realize that's what it is. It's somebody who is basically not using all the available information out there with, that's actually happening on a macroeconomic perspective and actually reporting and paying attention to the real numbers. That's just somebody that's trying to perpetuate the boom market for maybe a year or two longer even though – you know trying to sell something basically is the bottom line. And the other article? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so the other article, uh, this is a quote from Redfin corporate chief executive Glenn Kelman. On Thursday he said, quote, we are seeing a significant change in the housing market. The housing market hit a sudden and, quote, significant slowdown in the past few weeks that could continue in coming months, Redfin Corp, uh chief executive said on Thursday. Uh, the real estate brokerage and website company announced second quarter earnings Thursday afternoon that beat expectations, but their third quarter, quarter forecast came in well short of what Wall Street was projecting. They talk a little bit about the conference call and how the uh, stock has uh, lost about 10% since he made that announcement. Uh, It said, for the first time in years, we're getting reports from managers of some markets that the home buyer demand is waning, especially in some of Redfin's largest markets, specifically calling out Seattle, Portland, and San Jose as areas where inventory was still tight but did not seem to be pushing prices higher still uh let's see june sales were down in these markets by double digits and inventory was up by double digits that's significantly different i'm going to read that again june sales were down okay so remember this the alpha article said sales should not be down in the summer and here is uh this report june sales were down in these markets by double digits and inventory was up by double digits he said of the west coast cities the trend is continuing in july and reports are now coming in also from Washington, D.C., Boston, Virginia, and parts of Chicago as well, that homes are getting harder to sell. And it goes on to talk about different matrices, existing home sales, new home sales, things like that, and kind of drills down on that. But, you know, the point is that this is not just one little tiny article somewhere that we're running with. This is, you know, getting reported pretty much every day what's going on. And those of you who are in Washington, D.C., for example, saying, well, the last thing I sold had three offers on it. We should be Okay. Well, this report just said it's starting to be in your backyard as well. So pay attention. Back to you, Tim.
1: Yep. Well, look guys, we got around the bend because Julie has to get to Premier Coaching. If you guys are in real estate and you which, you know, most of you are, and you're not in Premier Coaching, and you listen to us every single day and you like what we have to say and you're learning something from what we say on the show every day, why the hell wouldn't you be in Premier Coaching at this point? It just makes no sense. It's, um, you know, the coaching program is astonishingly affordable. It offers financing for those of you who want to finance it. There's no interest on the loan if it's paid off in full within 181 days. I mean, the way we've designed this program is literally so everyone can, everyone that wants coaching and wants to take the real estate business seriously can. So the easiest way for you guys to find out about that is just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. If you want to skip that process and you just want to enroll directly, Email me directly, Tim at timandjulieharris.com, Tim at timandjulieharris.com, and I'll have someone contact you back usually within the hour. Tim at timandjulieharris.com. Literally hundreds of you guys join this program on a regular basis, and I don't know, I can't, I have no idea what the numbers are, but it certainly got has to be one of the fastest growing coaching programs in the nation for real estate agents, if not the fastest growing. And the reason is is because a lot of you are realizing that you, if you don't protect yourselves if you don't do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, especially now before it's obviously a a changed market, that you're probably not going to have the time to catch up. For those of you who are on the fence about this, you've got to ask yourself why. Why is it that you're delaying in moving your thinking and, more important, your actions towards basically protecting yourself in a changing market? Does it really make any sense? No, look, if you're going to be out of the business and you're retiring, I get it. Who cares? If you plan on being in this business, if you plan on being in this business really the next five years and you're not making moves now to protect yourself and your business and your cash flow, it, you got to ask yourself why? Honestly, why? Why is it that you're basically deciding, are you just going to wait it out to see if we're wrong? Is that what you're doing? Really? Isn't that what you did last time? If you weren't in the business last time, that's what most agents did. That's the reason most agents suffered and failed. The problem with suffering and failing at this point, since you've been listening to us, is you're doing it to yourself. You have nobody else to blame. It would be voluntary. So if a year from now, you're looking back and you're saying, I wish I would have listened, which is what unfortunately many of you will do. I know it's human nature. Um, and you're looking back and you're saying, I would have done these things differently. You know, What would you have done differently a year from now when you're looking back? I promise you the first thing you would have done is you would have gotten your skills together. You would have essentially retooled your business for a changing market. And you wouldn't have been fearful of it or have been, been in denial about it. You've been excited about it because you had been ready for it. Makes sense, doesn't it? So, look, guys, if there's anything you need from me, it's Tim at com or Julie at com. You have a great day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow.
0: This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at com.